Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Fifth Down. I am your host, Jose. With me tonight are Brad and Junie. What's up, guys? What's going on? Nothing much. Ready for summer? Ready for playoff basketball here? Yes, sir. Ready oh. for the next the next Kwame Brown uh, uh, mic drop. We're we're waiting on uh, who wants the who wants to smoke with uh, Kwame Brown. Who's next? I mean, you know, clearly he showed that all the skills that he did not possess as an NBA player, he possesses as a as a trash talker. You know, so he definitely he definitely dished it back to um, Gilbert Arenas, uh, Matt Barnes, and Stephen Jackson. So, you know, I'm sure. I mean, I'm sure this won't end for a while because you know we know if anything, those three, they're not afraid to um, engage in um, social media spats. So, I yeah, mean, hey, maybe it can end in like a celebrity boxing match or something. Yeah, maybe. But I mean, if if you think like this is the first time Kwame is dealing with this, I'm sure he's been dealing with this his entire career. This is nothing new to him. It's just now, it's in the public spotlight and. You know, it's getting the attention that he wants. Um, so crazy to think that this is the most relevant he's ever been. Yeah, exactly. But hey, you know, you should also be careful with Matt Barnes. He should ask Derek Fisher how it goes when, when you know, when put this uh, when you mess with Matt Barnes. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. true. But, you know, getting on to the serious topics, you know, like the actual um, winning players, you know, competitive championship caliber players. Uh, we are in the, the playoff run. Um, some of the some most of the matchups have actually been really good with a couple exceptions. And, um, you know, somebody should really let Miami know that the postseason started. Um, what the heck is going on with the with the heat guys? Like, I mean, last year they were the Cinderella story that, you know, came in and upset Milwaukee in the second round. Um, what the heck's going on this year, man? Like they are getting they're getting stomped on and you know Tyler Hero who was last year's uh big revelation can barely see the court these days like what do you guys think is the problem last year I think that you know they hit peak form in playoffs um I don't think they've ever figured it out this year and they're not going to hit it anytime soon I mean, really, in this series, the closest they've they've come is in the first game when it went to OT. Um, taking a look at it all, like it looks like the wind has been, you know, taken out of their sails, and you know, they're playing with five Kwame Browns on that roster. I, I honestly don't know. Yeah, they're they're struggling. I mean, to, to go down 0-3 and to to lose their first game at home, uh, they're done. Um, three point shooting uh 28% uh in, in today's game they were 9 for 32 um it, it's hard to win that way especially when they're you know they're known to be a good three point shooting team uh, field goal percentage 37% uh you're not going to win that way um but i, I think th- the the thing about this series is that i think Milwaukee is motivated um Giannis was interviewed uh when the playoffs started and they asked him you know, how they feel or how does he feel about the playoffs? And he gave them, you know, a, a straight up answer. He goes, I don't know. And I, th- I think this is, you know, Giannis, you know, speaking with his actions. And uh, now that he has a guy like Drew Holiday uh, to back him up, obviously Chris Middleton is there. 
PJ Tucker. Um, I, th- I think they have a better team this year and, you know, they're, and, and with Miami having like a, like a hangover, they still have a hangover from last year. Like what Brad said, they got hot at the right time. And now, you know, they didn't even figure out during the season. And now that the playoffs are here, they're getting rolled. And I, you know, it, Milwaukee's going to sweep them. Yeah, it sure is looking that way. Um, Milwaukee's just doing everything right, you know. Um, Giannis, I mean, he he's he always shows up. But, you know, Chris Middleton was one that kind of struggled last year against Miami. He's showing up. I mean, he had, he had the game-winning bucket in game one. Um, like you guys said, you know, P.J. Tucker, he's been huge. Drew Holiday, I mean, that's the leadership that they needed at that point guard position. No disrespect to um, Bledsoe or um, – or Hill, but, you know, they weren't, they're not at the level of Drew Holiday. So Milwaukee's just a better team. They, and they still, um, they're, they're well coached. Budenhauser is always going to be a good defensive coach. So, I mean, they're just doing everything right. Um, Jimmy Butler and, and those boys, they just, they're not in sync. He, he just looks, kind of reminds me of like Kobe in like 2007 where, you know, like that Lakers squad just did not have it and they, they got smoked by the Suns and, you know, and Kobe just kind of looked um, like, you know, he was down because he doesn't like losing and, but he just looked deflated and that's, that's how Jimmy Butler looks in this series. So we'll have to wait and see what happens, you know, could Derek Spolstra be in the hot seat? Possibly, especially if they get beat by like 30 again. Yeah, I mean, I, I think a lot of experts were really expecting this to be a lot more closely contested. Some some were expecting a seven-game series. Most were expecting a six-game series. Um, to be done in four is sort of surprising. Um, yeah, there, there will be a lot of questions asked of this team. Yeah, I think, I think the Oladipo injury hurt them, too. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a, he was going to be a big factor for them and Losing a guy like that with his capability of not only being a scorer, but a playmaker. Um, I think it hurt the heat because, you know, let's face it, Jimmy Butler, you know, with Dragic, are, they're the only playmakers and, you know, they're surrounded with shooters. And I feel like if they had a guy like Oladipo, they would be in a better position, not only to compete, but also to score more. And let's face it, guys, that's what the NBA is now. It's all scoring. Whoever scores yeah. the most points, is definitely going to win the game. And I think that hurts them a lot. Very good point. You know, moving on to another one of the series in the East, um, the Wizards and the, and the 76ers, um, you know, on the court, the Sixers have been pretty dominant, but uh, this series took a, a front page more because of the, um, the issue that Russell Westbrook had with the fan that threw popcorn on him. Why do you guys think these these problems keep happening? I mean, should there be more security in the stands to protect the players? I I mean, I think this has been happening for a long time. You know, we go back to the, you know, uh, Ron Artest. Uh, what yeah, is it? The Palace? Palace? Yeah. Yeah. It, it's been happening for a long time, and, and I think with – the NBA, I mean, it, it's it's one of those uh, leagues where, you know, I think the players love the interactions with the fans and the trash talking. But once it gets, you know, when there's popcorn thrown and there's beer thrown at athletes, I think I think that's when, 
you know the the penalty for the um, the fans have have to be harsher than oh you're gonna get your ticket your seat your tickets revoked or you're gonna you can't come here anymore. I, I think there has to be some you know um, implications where that fan has to be arrested or you know they have to find them to the point where the fans know hey I can't disrespect these athletes because people when people go to the zoo you know they don't they don't throw popcorn at animals you know they go there to you know view you know the animals and it should be the same as you know the athletes and you know fans should never disrespect should never disrespect athletes in that way and you know it's wrong yeah i mean i i agree definitely there needs to be a lot more to be done but i i think a lot of it too um is because we've been in lockdown for a year and it's not just sporting events like there's an increase in violence towards flight attendants of all people right like like you're seeing the news of these things and i think uh, i think people have forgotten some of these people have forgotten their manners out in public and a, a, a lot of this is pent-up rage and, and they think that they can get away with it i think what has to happen is you know take take a take a page from what the europeans do when when something goes wrong in these crowds right we're talking about lifetime bans not just at, at that stadium but across all of europe right and, and and you're just not allowed to come i i think the nba definitely needs to enforce a stricter policy because you are right on court side right there's a lot that could go on like access to to a russell westbrook to a lebron james it's you're literally five feet away from from physically interacting with them right um can you imagine if they actually started serving alcohol at some of these places how how, how bad it could have gotten um it's ne it's never it's never right to throw popcorn at anyone uh and yet like russell westbrook has every right to be heated i'd be heated too um you know it's their job. You wouldn't want someone coming to your job and throwing popcorn at you just because they don't like how, how you did something. Um, you know, show them some respect. Yeah, and you know, like when um, the the problem happened in Detroit, you know, run our test, he couldn't feed his family for a whole season. Well, I mean, you know, he had, obviously he had money, but like he wasn't getting any paychecks for the rest of that season. He got suspended without pay. You know, this fan, he gets to go out into the world and continue earning his pay wherever he works, if he works, whatever he does. You know, like, why is the punishment so much worse for the athlete when they defend themselves than it is for these fans? I mean, okay, yeah, he gets banned from the arena. For all we know, he could not give two shits about that. He could be like, okay, fine, I won't fucking come back here again. I'll just go to a different arena. Like, there, there needs to be more done to protect the player. Because if not, then the players are going to start getting more aggressive towards the fans, and then and it's going to and then it's going to become a collective bargaining issue because then the players' association is going to step in and say, "No, you're not going to suspend my client for the rest of the season for him defending himself after he had some an object thrown at him." Yeah, and I think I think that the NBA is going to come to they're going to have to come to some sort of conclusion because. Listen, fan access to these players, you could quite literally reach out and touch them while they are playing the game. Like we've seen LeBron James run into people, you know, working the sidelines, selling food. Like you are that close. 
the NBA is definitely going to have to put a stricter policy in place and, and just beef up security to make sure these type of things don't happen. Because there's a lot of good things that happen. Like what, unfortunately, what overshadowed it is, you know, Russell Westbrook always gives out his sneakers after every game, right? He's one of those type of players. Like, like some lucky kid gets a, gets a memory of a lifetime. And unfortunately, now this puts a bad taste in his mouth with, uh, with the popcorn incident. Absolutely. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see what ends up happening. Um, but moving on to the the Boston and Brooklyn series, you know, Brooklyn's really seems like they're coming into form. We have the big three playing. Um, but, you know, Brad Stevens has been taking a lot of heat for his comments before the series started. A lot of um, Celtic fans took that as him already conceding victory before even playing a minute. Um do you guys feel like uh, Boston has thrown the towel before the series is even over? It's felt like that. Uh, it's just felt like they've come across the juggernaut and they've just sort of accepted defeat. Um, you know, young team, you know, with with the bench, their starting five, and even their coach, I think it's one of those series where they could really grow up a lot, and unfortunately they're not using it as a learning experience. Yeah, they're – I think they know they're going to lose. And when Joe Harris scores 25 points and then Kevin Durant has 26, you know, James Harden has 20, Kyrie Irving has 15, you know, you're going to lose because when those three are hitting and then the role players are scoring too, I mean, it's, it's, it's impossible to beat them. And it's scary because these guys really haven't played together this season. And, you know, and they're, they're turning on that switch. And um, I think this is just the beginning of, uh, of this juggernaut. And it's going to be scary for whoever faces them, you know, in, in the Eastern Conference semifinals and, and so on and so forth. So, um, but, you know, they're, they're scary and, and they're definitely my pick to come out of the East. But, man, I wouldn't want to play them because they're, they're, you know, other than defense, they have no weak weaknesses. I mean, they have all the offense in the world and, you know, like what we we're saying about offense, this is an offensive league and, you know, they have all the players that they need to score points. Yeah, that they do. I mean, when you have three players that could easily have the scoring title individually, I mean, there is not one player on that roster that you can double, double cover because then you have two other lethal shooters that can destroy you. So all you have to do is like try and contain as much as possible. Um, but yeah, I mean, if, if they're all in sync, Brooklyn's going to be very difficult to beat. Um, they have it all. And, you know, when role players like um, Joe Harris are buying in, um, there's the possibility that Tim Whitty might be back at some point in the postseason. That would be huge. Cause that's another guy that can average 15 to 20 points. So you know, that gives you more options. So, I mean, they're scary. Boston definitely seems like they're throwing the, you know, the flag, like they're, they're kind of just giving up. And I don't even think it's a lack of effort with them. It's just like, come on guys, like we're banged up. We don't even have Jalen Brown and these guys have freaking Kyrie Irving, James Harden and Kevin Durant. Like what are we supposed to do? Yeah. I mean, I, there's one player I expected more out of it's Tatum. I mean, especially when you take a look at the monster games he's had recently. 
Um, he should at least be able to put one together. Um, what did he do? Uh, he did like 60 against San Antonio. And then what did he do in the play-in game? Like, didn't he have some massive output? I think he had like 40. Yeah. Uh, so I, I'm really expecting more from him. Um, you know, well, this was the year where we thought Boston turned corner. Unfortunately, they can't. Yeah. Oh no, he 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 actually had he had fifty. Yeah. And for me, the player that I expected more out of is Kemba Walker. Mm-hmm. Um when he signed that contract with the, with Boston a couple years ago, I thought he was gonna, you know, hit that next level. I thought he was gonna be, you know, that Kyrie Irving, the you know, especially with that with that supporting cast that they have in Boston, but you know, I know he's been injured. I know he's been in and out of the lineup, but man, like he's been a, he's been a disappointment, man. And from what 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 he was doing in college to even what he was doing in Charlotte, I mean, to come to Boston yeah. and just to kind of just be a, a like a, you know, not even like like just like a not even like a like a star player, just like a role player. To me, that's very disappointing, and that's yeah, you a guy know, that I mean, expect a lot from. Most guys, you know, when you see them averaging 19 points a game, you think like, oh, that's pretty good. But not when you're paying them 35, 40 million dollars a year. And, you know, to think the guy that the Lakers wanted to be part of the big three with um, LeBron and Anthony Davis two years ago. So that that's the kind, you know, that's the kind of pedigree Kemba Walker has. But he just, you know, he it just seems like he's a shell of himself in Boston. He just he doesn't have that same spark that he did in Charlotte and that along with like I don't know if to you guys but to me Jason Tatum kind of reminds me of Paul George you know he's a good player but he just doesn't really seem to have it he hasn't put Boston on his back you know he's been there now for like um this is his fourth year I feel like he hasn't made Boston his team and he should have by now he is the most talented player on that team um by far and but I don't feel like he, he hasn't like stepped up and been like, this is my fucking city. This is my team. Now I am Paul Pierce here. Now, like Paul Pierce is retired. Kevin Garnett's gone. This is my team. This is my city. He hasn't stepped up and done that. And I feel like that's what this team lacks. It has no identity. They have nice young players, but that's not going to get you anywhere. Like until one of them steps up and says, this is my team, my city, Boston is going to be, you know, a, uh, one of those bottom four seeds every year in the postseason. Yeah, I, I get that feeling too. That that was actually a really good uh, comparison, Jose. Um, especially during the playoffs, like you know, his, his uh, points per game increased by three this year from twenty three to twenty six. But when you're in the playoffs, this is the time where you got to put that gas on the pedal, and you gotta you gotta go in and and you gotta put that team on your back and. You know, I don't care if it's it's Brooklyn, I don't if it's New York, if it's you know Atlanta, you have to give it all you got. And you know, when when Jalen Brown is out and you know that scoring needs to be picked up, he he has to be that person to put his team on his back. Yeah. You know, moving on now. I mean, let's talk about the hottest series in the East, man. These fans in New York for the Knicks, man, you might you would think this is the freaking NBA Finals. I mean, it is loud. I mean, they claim it's seventy five percent capacity. It's fucking one hundred percent. Like, who who are we kidding? The, they are filled to the rafters, and 
they're loud. You know, game one, they were disappointed. Um, but Trey Young, man, he's a freaking baller. But the Knicks are holding their own. Um, everyone expects the series to go seven. Um, is it time for the Knickerbocker fans to believe again? Or are they bound to be disappointed? Well, I think it is time to believe. Uh, I mean, they're scrappy, you know, they're sound, they, they have emerging stars. It's if, if you're going to believe, you, you should do it now. Um, this team has everything trending in the right direction. They may not win the series, but this is great looking forward. You know, you want this kind of intensity. And the fans realize that, hey, if, if we give this kind of energy, you know, we, we got to keep it up uh, for the whole series. And, you know, next year we're going to do the exact same thing. It's not going to be an easy win to come into MSG and, and, and get the W, especially in the playoffs. It used to be one of those places where it was tough to win there. But then you have, you know, Kobe dropping, what, 70, 50 a night over there. Like people love to play at MSG and just light up the Knicks. Um, so it has to be one of those home courts that 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 is that they're willing to protect and it's tough to get a win on. And the fans being being behind them and, and, and being in, in the opponent's face, I think will go will go a long ways to to keeping them in the playoffs in the future. Yeah, I think this is a win lose. I mean, I think this is a great momentum for New York. Uh, they have a lot of young talent, uh, Reggie Bullock, RJ Barrett, you know, Derek Rose, you know, is, is uh, later in his career, but he's showing that he's, he's still capable of, uh, you know, being an elite scorer, Julius Randall, most improved player, uh, Nerlens Noel. And I think the most important thing with um, the exposure in the playoffs and, 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 you know, having those loyal fans back in the building is uh, the amount of interest that they're going to get in free agency when people are, you know, before, like when Kevin Durant was a free agent, you know, people asked him, Hey, are you going to go to the Knicks? And he was like, fuck, no, I'm not going to go to the Knicks. But now I, th I think things are changing because people see that the coaching is different. People see that the talent is young and it's not Amari Stoudemire and Jeremy Lin and all these washed yeah. up guys. It's young talent and it's exciting. And yeah that's a plus for New York. And, you know, on the other side with the Hawks, I mean, Trey young is a stud. He dropped 30 points uh, last night and um, John Collins. Yeah. They, they got to, they got to pay that dude, man. They cannot yeah. let him walk. They got a good squad over there. You know, Capella. I mean, they had 12 blocks um, just on defense the other night. So, uh, but um, to me, that series is a toss up. Um the third game is definitely important uh, to capture momentum. And um, if the Knicks win this one, I mean, the fans were already screaming after the game that they want Brooklyn. And imagine if they win this game, they're going to be going even more nuts. So, Oh yeah. Um, but, no. Yeah. The Knicks, yeah. Knicks have definitely taken off, man. Um, a year earlier than expected, you know, they expected, you know, coach Thibs, you know, to step in, and make them competitive. Like no one was saying, oh yeah, they're gonna make the playoffs. People expected maybe, you know, finish 500, um, be a better defensive team, be more competitive, but no one expected, you know, them to trade for Derrick Rose, Derrick Rose to come in and just freaking ball out. No one expected Alec Burks to play out of his mind. Um, 
no one expected Julius Randle to turn into a superstar. You know, um, RJ Barrett to have such a like huge leap from year one. Um, you know, even um, I know OB tripping, you know, he hasn't really played as much, but when he's played, he's been effective. Like they found like a good role for him to where his first year wasn't a wash. So like he's even been effective. Like everyone in that team seems to understand the role. And I think if any, like we all know they're not going to make it past the second round. They will not make it past Brooklyn. But this is a dress rehearsal for the summer. And we have to remember who is going to be a free agent this summer. And he plays on a team that has really disappointed him over his first two years there. Now that series could get turned, but we have to remember that Kawhi Leonard considered the Knicks for a while. Um, you know, it, it seemed like it really came down to the Knicks, the Lakers, and the Clippers. So now that he sees that the Knicks have a serious plan, they have a good coach, they have a solid young team, and all they need really is that one last guy to come in and put it all together, you know, he, he could really consider them this summer. Um, yeah. So, you know, more than anything, I think, in my opinion, for the Knicks, it's a dress rehearsal this postseason. Yeah, this has been my favorite series so far. I mean, this is what the East needs. This is what the NBA needs. You need villains. And New York is shaping up to be the villain that we really need, and those fans included. And, you know, you want more than just a Knicks-Atlanta rivalry. You want rivalry with the whole Eastern Conference, right? Um, just like how the Knicks used to have it back in the days, you know? People forget that they used to get really heated with Indiana, with Chicago, right? We want the same thing with every other team against the Knicks. And it would be it, it would be great if that's what it returned to. Have to wait and see. But now let's talk about out west, man. Like just how I was mentioning right now of Kawhi Leonard being disappointed is because man, the Clippers are the drizzling shits again this year. Like it just doesn't make sense, you know. They they trade for Rajon Rondo. Everyone's expecting them to be better. But throughout the season, they kind of don't make any noise. They just kind of sit around three and four all season. You know, they, they, um, they're afraid of the Lakers, so they, they lose their last two games to rest their players because they – to avoid the Lakers. So they, you know, they get Dallas, which I think is stupid. Why would you want to play Dallas? Like, do they forget what Luka Doncic did to them last year? And he's only a year older, wiser, better this year. I think I think Luka Doncic took note that they that they preferred to play Dallas over LA, and they were like, okay, if that's what you want, I'm gonna fucking beat you every game, and that's what he's done. He he has taken command of the series, and Paul George again. He might be scoring more points, but again, he's just that's like why I compared Jason Tatum to him. He just has no impact in the game. He just he doesn't have that playoff intensity in him. He's not making the players around him better. Kawhi Leonard is killing himself all game trying to will this team, but they just they it seems like kind of like with the Heat. They don't even they don't seem like they're in the postseason right now. Um, but what do you guys think? Do you guys think that if the Clippers get swept, it's gonna be time to blow it up this summer? Yeah, for sure. They they if if they lose this series. They get bounced in the first round. Um, I think Steve Ballmer needs to, you know, talk to uh, Jerry West and and all the, you know, everyone in the front office, and you know, find ways to to get 
Paul George out of there, you know, let's face it. I mean, Kawhi Leonard, you know, has a chance to, you know, move on um, after this year. And, you know, if, if they don't make moves, um, they're going to lose him and then they're going to be stuck with Paul George. So, um, but I, I also think it's the coaching as well. I mean, I don't think um, Tyrone Lou is the best coach. I think uh, he rode LeBron um, to that championship. And um, I think he's being exposed right now, especially with, uh, you know, with the matchup with Luca. I mean, Luca's torturing um, Pat Bev right now. He's like, like Luca, Pat Bev is Luca's bitch right now. Like he is dominating he him. Is. He's his it, little it, lap dog. He is. And, and, and it's crazy because it's, it's too easy for Luca. Like Luca is not, Luca is not the best conditioned athlete when it comes to like body type, but the way, but how physical he is and, and, and how easy the game is to him. It amazes me because he's what, 21, 2021. He's super young. And I, th- I think um, last night I saw that he had the third most points um, in uh, NBA history. Um, uh in the first like four or five playoff games he was up there with george mikan and um uh a, a bunch of like top nba players and um i think the matchup is just bad for the clippers and you know i think they're gonna lose this one yeah i, I think this speaks volume um uh, for the clippers um they thought the issue was uh coaching last year with doc they got rid of them. Guess what? We're still in the same boat. I don't think they truly understand what their issue is. They are sort of scrambling, trying to figure out and just see what sticks. Um, I think you need to take a look at yourself as an organization and and really make some tough calls. A lot like like you all said, um, get rid of PG, let go of Pat Bev, see what you can get out there. Because teams that have been willing to make that kind of move. Uh, and make the, these these big time moves. They it's really paid off for some of these teams. Um, you just have to you have to as an organization come to that point eventually. And for the Clippers, you know it's two years too soon for that to happen. But guess what? The writing's on the wall. It's time to blow this thing up and figure out what else you can do because you can still salvage it, um, but you got to rebuild most of it. Absolutely. And, you know, when we look at two of the other series out West, you got the Memphis Grizzlies and the Jazz, and then you got the Portland Trailblazers and the, and the Nuggets. Who do you guys think has a better chance at an upset? Them, um, Portland or Memphis? I would have to be Portland in my book. I, um, you know, I just don't think Memphis has enough to get by, especially after after what we've been seeing. But I'll, I'll take Damian Lillard, McCollum, and, and those three, especially after the first game um, that Portland won. That you know they they've made some adjustments to counter Lillard, but I think they should be able to counter back. Looks like they're now what down two one in that series. Yep. Yeah, they're 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 they're, they're, almost, they're close to losing. Yeah, um, 
but I mean, both of those those series are going to be tight. You know, six or seven games for both of them is what I was predicting. Yeah, for me, it, it, it's going to be uh, Memphis. Uh, you know, the, they did uh, the most important thing in game one by stealing the first game. It's 1-1 now, going back to Memphis. And um, like what you're talking about, Jose, like that that type of player that puts a team on his back. That's John Morant, man. That's that's, that's John Morant. Like, and and we've he's we've a always fucking dog. He he is a fucking dog. He's a savage, and we've always talked about how I'm a Zion guy. But what John Morant is doing in the playoffs, I'm 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 leaning more towards John Morant now because, you know, just his leadership and and the way he, you know, the game is easy for him now, and and and. And, and, and we're talking about the playoffs, you know, and this is his first taste of the playoffs. And he's, he put up 47 last night. I yeah, mean, exactly. How many young and, you players know, do that? Like, come on. Like, and for me having that type of guy with Dylan Brooks, with Kyle Anderson, with Valanchunas, I mean, they have enough, I feel to beat Utah. I think Utah is good, but I, I just don't think they have the experience. In terms of the experience level, it's probably almost the same, uh, or m- maybe a little, little higher, but just a teeny bit than than Memphis. But I think John Morant is the best player on the floor. No disrespect to um, um, Donovan. Donovan. Yeah, Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell, which you know he had a great game, twenty six minutes, twenty five points. But I, I I think John Morant is the best player, and when you have the best player on the floor, you know that gives you a chance to win. And I feel like they have a chance to beat Utah still. Yeah. I mean, I agree. You know, you guys know how I feel about John Morant. I mean, last year when everybody was team Zion for rookie of the year, I was, I stuck with my guns. I said, no, it's John Morant. And I still think to this day, and he's my favorite player. Um, favorite young player. I just, I love the way he has that Mamba mentality. When we talk about the Mamba mentality, you know, it's, it's a limited number of guys. We, we apply it to, um, you know, someone like Russell Westbrook. We apply it to someone like James Harden. There's a reason why there's a selected number of guys that they say have that Mamba mentality. It's because they're just dogs. They're just, you know, they're going to, you know, that your team's not going to lose because of them. You know, and and that's John Morant, man. He he's made all these guys better. They're all young. I mean, the average age on Memphis is like twenty five. Um, and the fact that they stole Game One from Utah, and and now they you know they have the home court. I think um, I think John Morant is a very special player, and I really hope Memphis pulls it out. Uh, you know, and to finish up today, of course, we have to leave the best for last. They might be the seventh seed, but we all know that they're the best in the West. And, you know, they gave us a scare in game one, but the Lakers, um, they have taken command of the series. They're up 2-1. Um, do you guys think that they are up 2-1 because of the Chris Paul injury? Or do you think that it's more that Anthony Davis and LeBron James are getting back into a flow? No, I think LeBron James has put the Screen Actors Guild Awards 
unnoticed. I think he's, I think all of Hollywood has taken notice of his, his acting and Hey, two, one, right. Um, space jam two, it only makes sense, right? The King is back, baby. Um, yeah. Listen, we all know that the Lakers aren't really a seven series, especially that with LeBron and AD, that is a, that is a top seed, irregardless of, of where you place it. Um, even with a healthy Chris Paul, I, I think that they would still be up to one. It's going to be a seven game series coming down to, you know, who gets the ball last or who's most effective in that last quarter of the series. Um, you know, it, it, it's just one of those games and, we can still see a lot out of Phoenix. Um, they, they, they saw players too. Yeah. I, I think when you see more than one basket, your, your chances of scoring are, 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 are better because you have, you know, three you baskets. Three, yeah. Shooting. Three baskets. Yeah. Three Ooh. baskets instead of one. So, <laughs> I, you know, I think LeBron's vision is, is, is better. Uh, no, but uh, all jokes aside, I think it's Anthony Davis, um, 34 points tonight. Uh, I th- to be honest, guys, I think LeBron is slowing down just a little bit. I, I know. I Naturally, know, yes. Yeah. I just feel like he's slowing down, but I, I feel like Anthony Davis is the guy. He's the number one now, and he's stepping up. Um, Schroeder had 20 tonight. Uh, they were efficient on the boards, uh, 51 to 35. Um Free throws were good. Uh, Three-point shooting was kind of off. But other than that, I mean, I the, I think the Chris Paul injury does affect Phoenix slightly, but I feel like the, it's more of the Lakers on this one. Yeah, I agree. They've been looking good. And, you know, and let's not overlook the big man, you know, Drummond. He has been so big for them. You know, like he's getting rebounds, giving them second chances, um, doing putting in the putbacks, you know. He's not a flashy player. Not a sexy guy, you know. He's... Yeah, his production is not going to come from doing, you know, the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar running hook, you know, but he's been effective. Yeah, Andre Drummond is, uh, you know, has been a, a key factor for them down the stretch. And uh, I think with, you know, what they were missing earlier in the season without Dwight Howard and um, JaVale McGee, I think he's filling in perfectly. I am surprised, though, that Montrezl Harrell is not playing. Um I did not know he was not playing, which is surprising to me, but uh, that's very surprising to me, especially because Marcus Gasol is getting 17 minutes. But, um, you know, hey, it's it's working for them, and they're up to one now. Yeah, what, what I'm looking for uh, on the Phoenix side of the ball is I'm really looking for more out of uh, Booker. Um, if there's a time to step up, it's now. You are in the playoffs. We saw what you did last year. You know, the tear that you're on, you sort of have to put the NBA, the NBA on notice that you are the next premier scorer in this league, which everyone is hoping for. And we sort of have to see it come through in the playoffs. Like we're seeing it with Luca, we're seeing it with, with, uh, with John Morant. We see it with all the killers in this game, and we need to see it now from Booker. Um, I expect a big yeah. game. Um, before they close out the series, because um, really that's the only that's the only way you're going to stop this Lakers team is to have an offensive output from from everyone, including Booker. 
Yeah, like I think Montrez Harrell not playing is not a personal thing. I think it's more of a matchup issue. Um, they're giving those minutes to Marcus Sol because the the Suns play bigger with um, DeAndre Ayton, so they need they need bigger bodies in there with him. So I don't. I think um, Montrez Harrell will play, especially if you know they get um, they get Denver or they get. Um, or or Portland, both of those teams, you know, they they they'll they'll definitely need him, whether it's to guard Nurkic or or Jokic, even mm-hmm. and if for nothing else for the fouls. But I just think in this series, um, Marcus Saul is a better fit off the bench. Yeah, but yeah, you know, let's wait and see. I mean, the playoffs are still very young. You know, we're only three games in in most of these series. Um, and in, in some cases, you know, game three will be tomorrow. So, you know, the Clippers could still wake up. You know, maybe Paul George finally, you know, grows a pair of grapefruits and puts that team on his back. Um, you know, maybe we'll, we'll have to wait and see if, you know, if the Knicks really get Brooklyn or if they just, you know, have to go watch the Brooklyn Nets play from the stands. Like, you know, there, there's still a lot of unanswered questions. Will the Heat get one? Yeah, you I mean, know. it's definitely been the most interesting first round that I've ever seen. You know, previous years, you know, you have one series that's closer than expected and everyone wants to tune in, but everyone's looking forward to round two. Uh, I mean, this has been a great first round of the playoffs and more and more people are should be watching this round and not waiting for the second round because I think second round is going to be just as good. I think it's going to be... You know, when we get into the conference finals, it's going to be extremely contested because, you know, the best teams are going to come out of each conference at this point. Absolutely. I'm excited, you know, but that's our show for tonight. Hope you guys keep enjoying the playoffs. I'm working to keep you guys informed on them. Um, But until the next time, this is the fifth down. Have a good one, guys. Later. Late.